episode 121 with the trade deadline coming up just from this point 48 hours away i am your co-host chad didimenesis and as always joined by mr bill shockey and anthony chandra fellas um it's hard to make trades but everybody's making trades besides the sabers these days <laughs> yeah yep i mean he's trying though right Gregor's <laughs> apparently everybody's <laughs> trying to tell trying. us that he's trying so i guess <laughs> That means absolutely nothing. I know you guys aren't Rick and Morty guys, but I'm sure some of our listeners are. Just reminds me of when the Meeseeks are trying to teach Jerry how to like hit a drive. He's like, "Oh, did he choke up on the club?" And the other one's like, "Oh, he's trying." Like it's literally <laughs> just bot. Like bot. Like that's that's the water that's being carried for Jason Botterill right now. Like it's just all he's doing is damnedest while all the other teams are making deals, several of which involved top six or at least middle six forwards. <laughs> so yeah, good stuff. Yeah, I, I don't know when the it's just it they like said it's excuses. And then like it, <laughs> And like you see what defensemen are going for. Like, what is the price for Rasmus Ristolainen right now? The funny what part, is that asking price. I was gonna say is like he's not doing anything, but it's getting worse for him because he's <laughs> he's yeah. not doing anything and it's getting worse. Like He's not making bad trades, but like the Scandella thing makes it worse. And then the Casa trade yesterday, it's like, ah, look at there goes another whatever middle six at the very least, probably top six forward on that team. And you know, which has been brought up here how many times? Yeah, to go get him. And then, and then if you want it, the Bruins general manager on his conference call is talking about expected goals and shot share with Casa, and that's why they liked them. And I was like, oh, good, mm. that's, that's awesome. Probably the good teams, teams stay good. Yeah, exactly. So today we're going to mainly focus on the deadline stuff, but, you know, we're going to, I guess we'll kind of start here by touching on the team, the state of the team, the situation of the team. And I feel like we'd be remiss if we didn't start with the big news um, with Mr. Bogosian deciding, well, first he was waived and then decided not to report. And now he's placed on unconditional waivers yesterday to have his contract terminated. I'm assuming nobody's going to claim him by noon today. So uh, that will happen. And yeah, I guess what? four or five months too late at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it from his standpoint, I guess, right. Instead of going down and making the money, he's probably made enough. <clears throat> he, what he signed by Monday and he can play in the playoffs if a playoff contender takes them. Yeah. Um, and he's never done that in his career. So I mean, whatever, I guess that's probably what he's trying to do at this point. Yeah. I, I would assume, I would hope at least his agent advised him that he has teams to. Right sign with because if not you're throwing away 
escrow free $1.68 million. You can just eat up in the age and get some playing time. But I would assume they know at least one or two teams or a handful, maybe that'd be interested in signing him to a league minimum. And then he'll try to go about it that way. So I don't know. I mean, it's good luck to him, I guess. I I just, I I feel like he's unquestionably shot at 28 or 29, however old he is, just can't move. And I mean, I I don't don't know what he thinks he's going to be. I mean, even if he signs the team, he's at best, what, a six or a seven, probably. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's rolling in as like that Rory Fitzpatrick style extra from the 506. But I mean, that's the point, right? Instead of going to the AHL to get up his value, maybe at this point he feels he probably just can't even do that. Yeah, so well, I mean, some, some right. team's going to take a flyer on him, so he might as well just smoke show it in the AHL. Then <laughs> yeah, game course. over. Yeah. yeah, right. You're not getting any contract in the summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we talked about it a little bit last night, the three of us. You know, what a message does that send to the rest of the league when not only are we the only team to have done you know this kind of contract termination recently, we're the only team to have done it twice in two <laughs> yeah. years, and it's it just kind of it just seems like bad management. And that was like the one thing. Fodderal was supposed to be very, very good at is asset management. It's just it feels like we're constantly getting duped as a fan base, and that it's growingly irritating. So, real quick, since you brought it up yesterday, I happened to go look this morning. Yeah, the last contract termination I found was Alexander Semin being terminated by the Canadians in 2015. Outstanding. So, man, when, when was the uh, what's his name, Mike Richards? Didn't the Kings have that too? It could have been before. Yeah, that. but didn't he like break a law? I thought he did something very illegal, and that's why they did it. Yeah, well, there was a whole bunch of stuff that Mike Richards. So had. it was a couple months before June oh, was... 2015. Kings okay. announced termination. Of, Got it. Or bre- material breach of requirements. That's what it was. Gotta love so, it. Yeah, but I mean, I, I think Anthony's right. Like, what does that send to the rest of the league? It's now twice where people have come here and decided that they'd rather just not even play and lose money. Um, it's not a good look, that's for sure. And No. Unless, as I joked last night, uh, unless he's playing 3D chess, but even so, it's, four, as you said, four to six months too late yeah. uh, to get money off the cap. It's just it's stupid. 3D chess for a general manager of a team that's a squeak above 500. That's <laughs> <laughs> where the... Where the uh, the cap genius comes in, right? He picked up that essential cap space with two days until the deadline when he plans on doing nothing besides selling all players. Got that cap <laughs> although, although he would have just uh, kept the Scandella money if he really was. That's right. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's – I guess this is a way that they've, they've managed to dump two defensemen in different ways. Um, so – they're still left with one or two more to move, I guess you could say at this point, and probably risk lining in Montour. And then if you want to throw McCabe into that, sure you could. But um, yeah, I mean, this team just in general, it's, I mean, you, you get some life in that Maple Leafs game and that it, it kind of, what, what it always comes down to. Oh, well, maybe if you win, you know, look at Toronto's getting smoked by Pittsburgh. All you got to do is win this game and you're six points back, and then you let Ottawa put up six on you and seven with the empty net. Like, yeah, excellent. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, we keep beginning these podcasts with the same thing over and over again. And classic fashion, the Sabres, same thing over and over again, win four out of five and then get smoked by Ottawa. Right, uh, <laughs> and now you're 11 points back going into yeah. Pittsburgh. So Before you even play another game again, right? And <laughs> Pittsburgh's gonna be mad because they just got blown out by Toronto. So, like, yeah, I'm sure t- today will go really well. Yeah, 
yeah, those afternoon games always go excellent. And then not to mention you have the Jets who are playing a little bit better. You know, they, they come into your building tomorrow night. So Yes, we have Wednesday in uh, Colorado. Oh. <laughs> yes. Hey, we're only like good said, at terminating dude, contracts and getting other coaches fired. <laughs> you're you're half, an, half an AHL team by that point when they trade like two or three of their guys off the roster. <laughs> You're approaching that murderer's row in, in uh, March, too. Yeah, we're getting close to March. We're going to get real ugly around yep. here, probably. Yep. Colorado, Vegas, Winnipeg again, Pittsburgh, Washington, Montreal, Boston. Good luck. Yeah, it sounds like a whole bunch of bad news coming our way shortly. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I guess we can quickly touch on, you know, the, the games coming up here like we, we started to, I guess. But it's, I mean... I just I don't, I don't even know where to where to go with this team anymore. I mean, there, there's the Skinner stuff that's still out there, but makes a big deal out of it. We can talk about that a little bit if you want, but I feel like we have. Um, Michael Froelich looks like he's back. That that's awesome. Can't wait for him to play eight minutes <laughs> tonight. Um, Johansson had a couple of good games at wing, but they're going to put him back at center now. So that's you know that that seems like a really good idea. It's uh, I, I don't know. It, it's I. The reason I'm mentioning those lineup things because I'm getting to a point where you, my, my personal philosophy is to not go in on a coach for at least a year, give him at least a season. And while I say there's not a lot really any coach probably could do with the roster he's been given, there's more of this lineup stuff that's just becoming head-scratching. And it's not necessarily lineup stuff. It's also starting to become uh, situational deployment kind of things too. Like – not putting Jeff Skinner out as the extra attacker, you're going to go with Marcus Johansson to be your net front guy against Ottawa. All right. I mean, Johansson again is going to be your, you know, I mean, his, his whole game is passing the puck. And I guess you want to keep on the outside of the wall when he really isn't having been that good at that, honestly, that's fine. But having him stand in front of the net, like why wouldn't you just put Skinner out there? Who's struggling to score a goal and needs one badly. And, you know, and just, just the general, use of Skinner in general. I, I think his line, what it was in practice yesterday, he's going to play with Lazar in for a week. Like, oh, I wonder how that'll go. Like, mm-hmm. So, I don't know. It's just, it, I'm, I'm, I don't want to say getting worried, but there's, there's a lot of concerns, I think, starting to pop up with this coach. And, you know, it, I, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt because I, I know the players buy into what he's selling and, you know, the roster's not good, but I mean, there, there's things here you you got to show me. Like there's 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 just too much fluff. I guess the word I'm looking for that that I'm I'm trying to get through. Like the penalty kill is another thing that's been terrible all season long, and they really just haven't changed it. They're just like, oh, we just need to do this and this and this better. And like, no, you just you need to change the way you're doing it. So I don't know. I mean, you guys can talk about that if you want, but just the coach is starting to um, raise some concerns for me. I guess is pretty much what I'm trying to say. No, you're right. And the funny thing is, you know, we, we, we gave him like a very little bit of praise when he put kind of wrist line in front on the power play. Not that it was like an inherently data driven great idea, but at least he was trying something. And it worked. But then, I mean, give him credit and, for and it. it. No, no. And it for worked. a little bit. Yeah. But then he did nothing after that. Right. Like, he just like threw up his hands. He's like, well, we improved by 1.5% on the power play. Like what more do you people want from me? <laughs> and, you know, and then the p- penalty kill, which is, in re- in reality, been probably the Sabers like second biggest problem this year behind inconsistent goaltending and it's inability to score. So third, yeah. yeah, for sure. He did. He's done literally nothing. It's the same, and it's so disappointing because those first two games, and I talked about it, and I even wrote about it because it was there. 
he had that aggressive approach on the penalty kill and then just stopped like while it was working, which was the craziest thing. I don't know if it was just coincidence and the guys were like, you know, all jacked up and doing what they weren't supposed to maybe. And it was working, but what the heck? Like, it's just, how do you not recognize that very, very, very pressing issue on a team with like 14 bottom six forwards who have all done penalty kill at some point? Yeah. I mean, he also stopped, I mean, Bill, we talked about Bill cause his Bill's thing. He also stopped using like, Michael and some of those other players like late in the penalty kills kind of as a right or just even in general you know to add a, add a, a mix-up or a change or add some sort of threat to your penalty kill and that stop just not because it wasn't even working it's just i don't want to do that anymore like i, I don't I, I don't i mean your penalty kill is so bad why not at least try to create some scoring out of it you know i mean they're probably gonna score on you anyway so why not just try to maybe get a block shot and have eichel be gone or something i don't but again, it, it's that that means you have to try something differently. And, you know, in some cases, if your goaltending is decent, they can bail you out. But you know, since Allmark has been gone, the goaltending has been extremely Oof. bad. Yeah. I mean, that I mean, we can get to the goaltending in a second. I'll let Bill kind of talk about the coach if he wants first. But, um, yeah, there's just, it, it just seems like, well, this is the best we can do. And we'll just keep throwing it out there and see how that goes for us. I mean, I think. The thing for me that's most concerning at this point is the Skinner thing. It's just you pay this guy. He's, I mean, eye test wise, I think he's actually looked pretty good the last couple of games. And mm-hmm. he's just, you know, he's he's back checking well. He's getting the turnovers. He's playing well in the offensive zone. He's just not getting the goals. And you would think that. <clears throat> I know the coach keeps saying, you know, like we don't care how much a guy makes. It's what's best for the team. But he's not even doing what's best for the team. It's like you you got to get the guy going. It's a team that's struggling to score, and you're just going to let one of your best scorers just struggle through a, a goalless drought and, and put them, as you said, with those iron for a week tonight possibly. It's just you're not doing him any favors. And I, I get whatever. Like the Eichel-Skinner thing is not going to happen for the rest of the season as he's kind of droned into our heads at this point. But the whole, like you said, he's, he's not getting overtime minutes. Like that's insane to me. Um, the the no, barely getting any power play minutes too. And it's just, you're, you're kind of killing this guy and, and confidence is a key thing with, with goal scorers. And so I think for me, that's kind of the, the thing that's the most frustrating at this point. Yeah. So uh, yes, I'm Anthony. No, go ahead. Okay. I was gonna say, so I'll do the flip here. As I mentioned the goaltending and I guess I'm going to, I'm flip-flopping back here, flip back and forth between taking shots of the coach and general manager, but now I'm going to go to the general manager. It's something I've kind of thought about, you know, over the last week or so, and, and it, it gets back to this guy, um, you know, just the, just the inaction um, that he's he's pretty much done almost his entire time here. It's, you know, Allmark goes down. And oh, I guess let's, let's, pull, let's pull it back a little bit before Allmark goes down. They play Allmark a ton because they, <laughs> they don't want to play Carter Hutton, right? So Carter doesn't play for like a month. He only plays like one game or something like that because they lose confidence in him. Allmark goes down there, bring up Johansson. Johansson plays three games. He doesn't even he doesn't look that good. But now there's like they don't want to play him because if you're not pulling Hutton against the Senators to put Johansson in, you really don't want Johansson anywhere near the net. Which part of it I can understand because he hasn't played that well. But then you're gonna ride Hutton, the same guy who you haven't like trusted to play for like a month and month and a half, just like recently, just I'm trying to, the whole point I'm trying to get here is if you, you knew you had goaltending concerns, you knew both goaltenders were struggling. Wouldn't any competent GM who had thoughts of trying to get this team close to a playoff spot, go out and try to get a goaltender. Like don't just spend a ton. Just try to 
go get one somewhere. Like, even, I, I don't know, even if it's like a low key one, some, just basically just make it look like you're trying. So now you're going to, you know, Hutton, obviously, the worst, the other part is Hutton's like some battling some sort of injury too, which isn't helping. And because, so you won't play Johansson, you're playing an injured Hutton who isn't that good anyways, and then he's hurt. And then it, it's just like, it's, why, why don't you just do something about it? But this guy just never does anything. He doesn't get the forward help. He doesn't go get a goaltender. He doesn't move guys off the roster. It's just, it's one thing after another, after another, after another. And it's, I, I don't know. I just, it, it's hard because it's hard to jump inside the owner's heads, but I don't know how you could see all of this and think to yourself, yeah, let's give that guy uh, a summer. Let's give that guy next summer to see if he can turn those things around because it's just every single day it feels like it's something new and the pile gets bigger and bigger and bigger on just the errors and the mistakes this guy has made and continues to make. Yeah. You, I mean, you nailed it there. <laughs> he's, there there's nothing. I mean, he's just, he's obviously gun shy, you know, and that's people have speculated that's because he got fleeced on the O'Reilly deal and he doesn't want that, you know, those bad optics again, but you know, he's made, Oh, a couple okay, you know what I mean? Lower tier, not lower tier, but you know, one for one ish kind of yeah. deals after that with, with Skinner and Yogi Haru, right? Yep. But but then he stopped, right? And it's it's a timing thing, and we talked about it a little bit on Twitter yesterday. His timing is always just so late. It's like he, it, I don't know if he just doesn't recognize it or he's just so indecisive. But yeah, it's it's really bad. You know, you've got Elliot Friedman out here carrying gallons and gallons of water for him. Like, oh, he's trying. Not Friedman. I'm sorry, Dreger. Yeah. You know, he's trying. You know, he's doing his best. He's really while other teams are just just deals are happening for defensemen who are very comparable to the defensemen he's trying to get rid of. And every time we're like, wait, I'd take that for a Stalinen. Wait, why wouldn't we? Why weren't we in on that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Andre Kasha yesterday. It's like, oh, so that was basically the equivalent of a poso Asplund in a second. Yeah, I probably would have done that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, just, it's irritating. For sure. And kind of like you said, it's just all – you got all like the insiders just, yeah, you know, these are kind of off-season moves. And then <laughs> within a week it happens uh, with another team in your division. So it's just been a whole ball of fun. But I, to, to Chad's point, I just I, – I, to reiterate, I just – I don't understand. And now I'm just getting frustrated. How again? You just you you knew you didn't have the depth. As soon as Allmark goes down, and you know it's semi long term. How do you how do you just not do anything? I just. Well, maybe they didn't because they have no concept of their injuries. It's like, <laughs> it's like this dude is out for one week, and then like the next report is his arm has been amputated. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean you're right. It happened to what a post twice in the same season. Tage so. Thompson this year. It's like, yeah. oh, you know, he's he's week to week. It's like, oh, nope, he's having shoulder surgery. Sorry. Yeah, and the postal thing is funny, Billy. Like you said it happened twice where the, both the coach and the player are different things. The player says, yeah, I'm playing next game. The coach is like, hey, he's a couple games away. Like, <laughs> like, which one is it? Props to Oposo, too, all around the topic real quick. That one goal is really nice. I think he's really – he's played pretty well uh, recently. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> that speaks $6 million, he'd be awesome. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that was a, that was something Kevin brought up last year on Twitter. He was he said if Kyle Oposo was making three million, everyone would love him. <laughs> yeah, right. Because he really does a good job. It's just he doesn't uh, do a six million dollar job. No, he plays his role very well. And then you you uh-huh. can you kind of notice when he was out too how that Larson Gergensen line really wasn't going as well. And he gets back in there and he gets going again. So 
you know, I don't have any problems with Kyle Loposo. I understand it's $6 million, but. I, of I all the problems, he's not even in the top 10. No, which is kind of crazy if you think about it, but yeah, it's, it's, it's true. I know, he, he should be. Right. He should be, right. <laughs> With a good GM, he should be. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I got to love it. All right, so why don't we do this? So we're a little bit in here. Why don't we take our break here, and then we'll have, well, I don't know if it'll be fun, but we'll, we'll talk about trades here in the second half um, of the podcast. We didn't do questions this week because we, we, I figured most of our questions would be about trades anyways at this time of the season. So we'll just, we'll just go through some trade stuff. Um, you know, see what we think the team's going to do, who they're going to move players. We might like them to go after, even though it'll probably never happen and that kind of fun stuff. So we will be back with you after the break. You're listening to beyond the blade on the SB nation podcast network. Right, welcome back. So, trade deadline on Monday at I think it's four p.m. or three p.m. One of those two, three p.m. or four p.m. And sometime in the afternoon, the deadline is. Uh, so the Sabers sit here with a handful of unrestricted free agents: Connor Sherry, Jimmy BC, Zemgis, Jurgensen, Johan Larson. Uh, who am I missing? Well, Bogosian was, but he's gone now. So. Handful of unrestricted free agents. They have some cap space to play with now if you want. Um, Brandon Montour, Rasmus Ristolainen name has been out there. Colin Miller's name has been out there in the past. And so they could do some things here. What is probably going to happen? Yeah, they'll move like one or two unrestricted guys and then probably call it a day. That's probably what we'll most likely get. So I, I don't know where to start. I guess we'll kind of start with... Well, we'll do it this way because I, I think I kind of just laid out what I think will happen. Uh, maybe we can go around and kind of start with Anthony. Kind of what, are you, what are you expecting here by Monday? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, if, if you're talking about likelihoods, I mean, Connor Sheary, he'll probably have a market. You know what I mean? You might get something for VC. Uh, I hope he's shopping Zemgis Gergitsons, though his name hasn't really been out there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. From the insider yeah. reports, but he's someone who you might get something for. You should theoretically get something for. The one name that kind of disappoints me is Johan Larson. He seems to be like the second most talked about name, you know, from the guys we're looking at trade. And I think he's the one UFA you should actually extend. So I'll be very upset if it's just Larson and everybody else just expires at the end of the year. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, like I said to you guys before the podcast, I would be pleasantly surprised if the Sabres walked away with anything higher than a conditional third after Monday. Yeah, that makes sense. Where are you at, Bill? That sounds about right. Um, yeah, I, just just the way kind of everyone's been framing it already, and it's, it's said already the buckets of water are being put on. Uh, I just, I you get the feeling that nothing is going to happen until the off season, at least nothing major. Um, so yeah, he probably just sells off a couple pieces, and then <laughs> we ride this thing into the ditch. Hmm. That'll be fun. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the Larson thing, too. I, I forgot to bring that up in the Skinner part, and Kevin's harped on this, but it's it's right, is the fact that, like, how is he just not back up on the Skinner line either with Skinner? Yeah, because that worked um, a little bit, yeah. Sure did. So, yeah, just another frustrating thing. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think Shiri's going to have a market for, for a leak I doubt it at this point. Um, I forgot about him. Yeah. I always forget he's on the team. <laughs> he's literally the guy I forget the most. <laughs> Just like doesn't exist. Uh, but yeah, I mean, other than that, you're just looking at guys that you'd have to try and package to get something or anything. And 
as we said, it probably doesn't happen. But if it did, in our next topic, I got some guys that I would like. Yeah, I guess so that kind of, not to harp on the free agent thing, I think that, I mean, my guess sitting here and from things that I've heard, I, I think Shiri and Larson are the two most likely to go. And then beyond that, who knows? Um, go figure though on Larson, right? Yeah. Because, yeah, of course, some other team's going to swoop in by low. And definitely. He'll be good. Yep, for sure. Yeah, he'll, he'll be a really good player for a playoff team. And then, you know, we'll throw out Scott Wilson to play fourth line center next year or something like that. So I guess that kind of transitions good into uh, – Bill kind of alluded to it a little bit, flipping to some guys we could talk about for fun. Uh, before we get to that, though, I think we should talk about how Elliot Friedman uh, in his 31 Thoughts podcast mentioned that uh, the value is low on Rasmus Ristlander right now, and if the Sabres – well, the Sabres want um, ideally a second-line center in return for him, but he doesn't believe that they will get that for him. So that's not something you really want to hear uh, when you're looking to move that player, but at the same time, fellas, that's not really the most surprising thing in the world either when we all – I think everybody kind of assumed that his value was as high as in the summer, and I guess the recoup the value project really hasn't worked and that's again not surprising i was saying i think anthony put out the tweet a couple days ago that said who would have saw this coming oh yeah literally everybody (laughs) (laughs) it's kind of just how i feel about the whole thing it's just i mean we talked about it in the preseason podcast i believe and sure enough here we are months later yeah i mean it's it's all we talked about this summer i feel like you know, it's it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. People are going to get more wise to his, you know, poor value. And the funny thing is the first, like, eh, quarter, half of the season, right, his value actually probably stayed about the same. It hadn't cratered yet. Yeah, yeah. But over the last, like, six, seven, eight weeks, it's just completely cratered. He's got something like a, a 38% goal differential or expected goal differential yeah, or something. It's, it's so bad. And – yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, and you still, you still have so many people saying, well, he's just waiting for the best deal. And he's waiting for the best deal. That, that's the best deal. That, and, and, you know, <laughs> I had a couple people balk when I said I would take two second rounders for him, just comparing it to another trade. And they're like, are you nuts? It's like, no, because you're nuts if you think someone's actually going to offer that because they won't. He's, he's not worth that much right now, guys. He's a negative impact player. And, I think even we overestimated maybe or underestimated, I guess I should say how many GMs would be wise to that. You know yeah. what I mean? Even last summer. Cause it's the, the league has found out you're seeing defensemen who are conceivably comparable to him go for, you know, a decent haul that, that speaks to how bad he is. Right. And I think the Leafs are going to have the same problem trying to recruit value for a guy like Tyson Berry. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it, it's not a great situation, and uh, and that gets back to the whole thing. You know, we talked about you know back in the summer is you know when you have a deal there, man, you got to take it. Like you can't waffle on it, and because that you're going to find yourself in this situation. So now you're looking at a situation where you're going to have to probably, uh, let's say it is Vinny Trocheck is the guy you want to go after. They've been rumored to be after involved in that. So let's say it's Trocheck. Well, yeah, Florida might like risk line, and Florida's probably the one team you might get lucky, and they didn't look at any advanced stat stuff because. You know, talent hates the computer boys. So maybe you get lucky there and they haven't, but still you're going to need to add. So it's going to be Risto and something and something for Trochak probably. It's, it's not really going to be a one-for-one deal. And I don't know if this GM is going to, wants to pull that deal off because I think he overvalues that player. And we hear Friedman kind of talk about it, you know, what that he that the price might be too high right now. And 
it's not surprising. It's the same things I heard in the summer that they're asking a lot for them, and it's probably too much, and a lot of teams are going to be interested in that. And you got a few teams that kicked around at it, but at the end of the day, you know, you only got one or two that were really that interested. So, you know, I, I don't know. I, I Maybe, you know, maybe Montour is the guy that you move instead of wrist lining, but then you're stuck with Risto still for the next two years, and that might not be ideal. So I, I don't know what you do at this point. It's – it's just, again, it gets back to, I think what we said earlier, it's just the, the fact that you do nothing and, and, and this is kind of where you get yourself. This is it. You're not really hurting your team by doing nothing. I mean, you are, but you're not physically hurting by bringing in worse players, moving off good players, but you, your, your assets depreciate. And this is a perfect example of that. And now you're in a tough way. I mean, if you think it, if you think the value is going to go up in the summer, like you're, you're nuts. And, and then it gets into, if you don't move them this summer, then you try to move him next summer. His value goes down even more because then he only has one year left on his contract. So then it's like you have a player who has a contract expiring that isn't that good, and, and it's just we're headed down a, a slippery slope here with this player, and it's it's unfortunate because he might be your one of your supposedly uh, you would think one of your top assets to move in a trade, and hearing the value is down is it, it hurts your feelings. <laughs> so, like, gee, great, thanks, Chad. See you next year. Yeah, right. <laughs> we can talk about how his value is nothing. Yeah. I feel very condescending today. It's not, not a great feeling. <laughs> You're in one of those moods, huh? I definitely am. Man, I'm going to blame it on Saturday morning. No, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, even even like you said, though, with, with someone like Talon, I mean, if they can get – if the offer right now is Trocek for Risto straight up and they haven't smashed the trade button, which I don't think it is. I think they no. want us to add. Yeah. But you know what I mean? It's just it's just nuts. I mean, how how can you not see how it's addition by subtraction? It just really is. And, you know, I, I don't know. Again, we've talked about it so many times. I feel stupid saying it again, but it's just the false innovation. It's like, oh, we, we know things that other people don't know. And then they do the same thing that everyone else did with Risto. Leading up to this, it's like, oh, do you though? Seems like you just like big boys. Yeah, pretty hit. much. <laughs> but it, it, I'm going to, you know, just leave it with this last point. And I, I tweeted it out the other day. It should not be this hard to trade 40 point defensemen. It really shouldn't. Not if your much. value is realistic, it should not be this cumbersome, man. Yeah. No, that's a very good point. All right. So, Bill, you mentioned you had some guys. So I feel like you're itching to kind of unload your list over there. So, who are some, uh, who are some fun players you think that maybe they should look at? Um, I mean, easy ones at the top of the list. And as we've talked about many times, why for the penalty kill reason, if you throw him on, he's going to score short angles and that's Kreider. Um, but if you get the top of the list, I'm sure his value is pretty high. Yeah. Okay. Um, then after that, I guess I was more thinking of how, because since Potter is still RDM, he talks about wanting guys with contract and, length so that he can control them for a while and the guys that stood out to me there is going to be i'm going to see you obviously chad is mm. from that uh or beat that drum for a while now 25 he'll be an rfa uh left winger and then paul is a center i mean and he's a ufa but please somebody get us a second line center <laughs> um obviously we just talked about trocheck her foot's out there but we're probably not trading with toronto uh, there was another guy. If someone else wants to go, I'll find the other guy in a second. Go ahead, Chad. Um, no, I, I think a lot of those 
players Bill mentioned are, you know, how was interesting. I wrote about him before, you know, he's an unrestricted free agent, but I think he's a guy who can get in here uh, and kind of take a look at it and maybe see if you can get something done. Um, Trocek, yeah, we know he's, he's, he's out there. Um, I, again, I, I don't, I, I just, I just can't see Florida doing that when they're still kind of in that race. You know, it doesn't really make a lot of sense to, for them to do that unless they really badly want a defenseman. Um, so, you know, I guess we'll see how that goes. Um, Foss was the other guy, wasn't it? Oh yeah, yes, Profile. Yeah, but he's a guy. I think he trade you, again. He's going to be under free agent. I think it's a guy yeah. you try to sign as a free agent. Um, you know, if you want to go after a goaltender, there's Georgiev is you know still out there, but I don't know if they're going to do that at this point. Um, yeah, I mean Alex won. Alex Tuck is an interesting guy uh, from Vegas. You know, I, I tweeted about March or so. I think they had that discussion, but you know that they went the Alec Martinez route there. But they're still looking for a defenseman. But again, it's another team that. I don't know. I, I just don't think you're moving off Jonathan Marshall off your team right now when you're in a playoff race and conceivably you can convince yourself that you're a cup contender in Vegas. So, but talk is a guy he's injured right now, but maybe he's a guy that makes sense. You know, he's, he's a longer term contract, but um, he's one of your quote unquote big boys, if you will. And a um, little bit of a disappointing year, but he's not making that much money. He's younger. So that's an interesting route. If you want to go that way. Um, and beyond that, I don't know. I mean, Casa's gone, so you can't really. That was kind of one of my go tos. And Toffoli's gone. Toffoli's gone. Yeah. So there's really not a lot. Not a lot <laughs> left in the cupboard to pick from here at this point. <laughs> but, I have another um, guy who I just I know he's not going to look at because he thinks he has this guy already. But I'm telling you, it's the other Jesper. Jesper brought from Oh yeah, it's a good New one. Jersey Devils is my favorite kind of low key guy who has fallen out of favor in New Jersey and you could probably get him for a song, but it's, uh, I think we probably have the wrong GM to recognize that. If, if you want, Paul Meir is another guy too. Speaking of New Jersey, yeah. that's another guy you can go after. Um, I think he has one more year yeah, to after the season, but I don't know. I mean, it, it's frustrating because I want to get into these players at the same time. It's like, I don't want to waste, waste people's time who's listening, waste their time because I just right. think it's realistically going to happen. It's not going to happen. Right. <laughs> It's like it's not even worth it. It's not even worth my time wasting looking up these players because, like, it's you know, just no. I mean, it's he's gonna move Shiri, he's gonna move Larson, uh, maybe VC, and you know, we'll see where that goes from there. I mean, he's already setting it up. I mean, this guy is signing Taylor Lear to an NHL contract, getting ready to move all these guys out. So, you know, it's it's kind of the writings on the wall, if you will, in a way, and it's disappointing because. Really, I mean, it, it gets back to, you know, when the team was close, you know, almost, so, so sad to say, but it's true. And they were almost <laughs> six points out <laughs> in the playoff race. <laughs> it makes you think about, like, man, if they just would have got a forward, maybe this team, not saying they're a playoff team, but maybe they're only four. Maybe we're having fun uh-huh. here, you know, going into March and maybe April. But I like um, how you worded that. Maybe we're having fun here. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's how low the bar has gotten. So but, it feels, yeah. you know, yeah. Let me get that. Ford and the goalie, and you're probably in the conversation. Yeah, yeah. But here we are, eleven points out, talking about the bottom or moving guys and things getting ugly, and you have an ugly March schedule and another season down the drain. Hey, at least it'll be mid forties tomorrow. Yeah, I guess that's good, right? <laughs> I'm trying, depressing because I'm trying. It's depressing because it's playoff weather. It's like, oh. <laughs> it is. It's like 45-50, right? Oh, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Time to get the clubs out. Yeah, right, right. Um, all right, so 
anything else you guys want to touch on or you want to call it a day here? Uh, sadly, I guess that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you talked about before. It's like, I don't want to like keep rehashing yeah. the same things over and over again, you know? So, right. I don't know. After this deadline, then I, <laughs> to depress people even more, I'm going to start talking about draft picks a lot. So <laughs> oh, let's get ready for that. Let's do it. Yeah. Actually, I, that was a funny thing. I looked this morning and uh, you're closer to the bottom three than you are playoff spot. So yep. here we go. Ready for this conversation. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. So a little spiel here at the end. So make sure you're following all of us on Twitter um, at BTB hockey for the podcast at Sandra sports for Anthony. Uh, I'm at CMD Domenesis. Bill is at Bill Shockey. Uh, make sure you rate, share, um, subscribe on iTunes, Google play, Spotify to the podcast. Uh, make sure you check out beyond the blade for all of your, I'm sorry, die by the blade for all of your, uh, Sabres content through the weekend here and for the remainder of the season. Also, Anthony has an amazing interview up with Dixon Ward on Die by the Blade. So if you haven't seen that yet, go check that out. Maybe that'll bring back some warm, fuzzy memories for you uh, in the middle of this depression. And yeah, I guess maybe we'll get lucky and get a trade here by Monday afternoon and have something to talk about, um, you know, next week. Cause I'm, I'm pretty sure we'll hammer a deadline podcast right after, um, a day or two probably after it ends. I have to look at their schedule, but I think they play the day after, but we'll figure it out. So for Chad and Bill and Anthony, uh, we are out of here this week. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the rest of your weekend and the games this weekend. And we'll talk to the deadline. See ya. Rob, you're